to be together as God's family and study God's word and edify one another. And we are thrilled that you're here tonight. And we are especially honored to have those who are visiting with us tonight. We want to thank you for being here and hope that you'll come back and be with us anytime you can. We will have our worship service on Sunday morning at 930. And then we'll have excellent Bible classes for all ages uh, on Sunday night at 5 o'clock. We hope that you can come back and be with us. Uh, just a few updates. Uh, of course, there's no bulletin this week, so we don't have a real updated list on the sick uh, for you to take with you tonight. We do want to mention Brother Eddie Mooney. Uh, he had successful surgery uh, yesterday, and he is scheduled to go home tomorrow. And uh, we still don't know uh, all the details as far as the results from the biopsy, but things are looking good according to the doctors, and we are thankful for that. I do hope that uh, you will remember the, the shower table in honor of uh, Evan and Tory Pounds and the twins. We uh, hope that you'll look at that and be sure and bring your gift or whatever you have for them in the next few days. We do want to mention that our brother Ken Forrest is going to be leaving on Friday for Saipan. He's going to be gone for 13 days. He'll be teaching and preaching and uh, helping with the work over there. It's a great work, and uh, we're thankful that uh, he can be involved in that good work. And his influence uh, will be greatly felt while he's there. I do want to remind you that Sunday evening at 5 o'clock, all the adult classes will meet here in the auditorium uh, as uh, the budget is going to be presented for 2023. I believe that's all the announcements that I have for our uh, devotional tonight. Uh, Brother Anthony Acott will be leading our singing. Brother Jerry Legan will dismiss us in prayer. Mark number 902 for the invitation number 902. Then turn to 611. 611. It's all seen. Walking in sunlight. Oh, my 
circle that we will be having our monthly luncheon uh, this coming Tuesday at 11.30. Just to put that in the back of your mind, plan to be a part of that. We hope that you will. You know, as we've begun a new year, I think it's important that we try to take some spiritual inventory of our lives. You know, most all businesses and organizations, at least the ones that are successful, will ask three basic questions in terms of their direction. They'll ask, you know, where have we been? Where are we now? And where are we going? Now, our spiritual lives are far greater importance than any kind of business, than any kind of organization. The church is paramount and is no comparison to any man-made organization or institution. But I think we can draw some parallels when trying to take an inventory of our spiritual lives. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, issues a challenge to each of us as children of God. It says, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Test yourselves. And I just want to briefly go over a series of questions that we might think about and contemplate as we have begun 2023. Think about these just briefly for a moment. Am I known as a Christian where I work? Is Christ more loved and respected among other people because of the way that I live? Do I criticize the church and other Christians in front of my children or grandchildren? Do people know me as one who, who has Christ as the center of their lives? Is it possible that I claim to be a Christian and yet I nurse revenge on other people? Do I find some time every day for Bible study and prayer and meditation on God's word? Can I work with other people? Can other people work with me? Do I have a secret longing to be first or can I truly say I don't care who is second or third or fourth, you know, as long as Jesus is first? How can I do a better job in leading others to Jesus Christ? Have I grown as a Christian in knowledge and service compared to maybe last year or two or three years ago? And, you know, as the days roll by this year, I want to challenge us, based upon what this text says, to truly walk with Christ and grow closer to him every single day. I hope that all of us will just take the time, think about these things, and examine our lives to see if we are truly living the way that our God wants us to live. Maybe tonight that you're not even a Christian and you are in a situation right now where you are still lost in your sin. You have an opportunity at this time to come and profess your faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God by repenting of your sins, confessing his name, and then being immersed in water for the forgiveness of your sins. 
or if you know there are things that are standing between you and a right relationship with God, maybe you need to respond publicly tonight to correct those things. And so tonight, if you have a need, we ask that you please come now while we stand and sing. What can wash away my sin? kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for this day and all the many wonderful blessings that You have blessed us with. Father, we thank Thee for the congregation here in Boonville. Just be with each member and bless each one of us and let us grow in number and in <coughs> better faith. And Father, we thank Thee for Thy Son, Jesus, who came to this earth and died on the cross so that we could have forgiveness of our sins. And Father, just be with our elders and just watch over them and bless them and grant them the wisdom that they need to oversee the congregation. Be with our deacons and be with our Sunday school teachers and the ministers and just bless each one of us and, and help us to do better. And Father, be with all those that are sick and be with Mr. Mooney and bless him and let him have a speedy recovery. And Father, just be with our nation and just bless us and Keep us safe and all these and forgive us of our sins and all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing the first line as the teachers go to the classes. Okay. Jesus loves me this I know. Jesus. 
unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my soul unto thee, O Lord? Do I lift up my soul? Good evening, everybody. Hope you had a great day today. Well, we got a lot of sick people, so I'm going to go through the list. And when I finish my list, then if you have someone you'd like to add, I'll endeavor to do my best to get their name on there. And we'll pray for them here in just a few minutes. Irene Baker is Melinda Hester's mother. She has terminal cancer. And... Uh, we just pray that she'll have good days with her family. Austin Wentz is undergoing a long series of treatments. Don Dawson hasn't been well for some time. Uh, Dale's uncle Wade Davis still missing since June the 22nd. Carolyn Wilcutt's recovering. Bobby Petty has lung cancer. Doug Smith's dad, Kelby Smith, uh, just is in poor health. He has Parkinson's and um, kind of opens him up to other things. So we pray he'll, he'll do well. Cody McGee is doing well, recovering from his foot surgery from several months ago. Chopper Taylor still suffering with severe pain. Larry Kennedy is seeing an oncologist on the 9th. He has lymphoma. Danny Ramdahl is one of our missionaries. He has stage four kidney failure. Van Roberts has pancreatic cancer. Paul Rollison has brain cancer. Lex Crossan has several health issues. Joan and Martha's sister Norma is not well. Tony Presley has leukemia. Marty Woodruff has cancer. Lynn Barragona is recovering from her broken arm, but I saw her headed out that way. Is she teaching tonight? All right. Okay. Hey, you can't hold her down, can you? Patsy Baines recovering from hip replacement surgery. I, I guess, has Eli started his treatments? Do you know? Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
Yes, he's going through some really heavy treatments right now. Get him uh, way down. Uh, Jackie Lambert was going to be having surgery this month. That's been postponed till next month. Teresa Taylor is at Landmark. She's in her 90s. The McBrayer family, uh, their child Micah has leukemia. Uh, Eddie had his surgery on Tuesday. It went as well as could be expected. Uh, hopefully, Lord willing, he'll be able to come home tomorrow, although he's still got some hardware that he's going to be with for a couple of weeks. But, you know, if it goes like we're hoping, um, we'll get a good pathology report back and uh, we'll, we'll just pray that as it goes forward that all things will be well. Bryson Lambert is Susan Lambert's son. He's on the mend. Cassie Stewart had surgery on her elbow. She's had a lot of pain with this, this elbow problem. Uh, Linda Shirley's very ill. Our daughter-in-law still, still waiting. So, you know, that baby will come when it's ready. Uh, Marley, don't, don't forget her. She's undergoing some tests. She's having been blacking out some. Of course, the Pounds had their babies. And as Doug mentioned, if, if you'd like to uh, shower them with a gift, there's a table back there. It's been pretty full. Uh, Joanne Roberts had COVID. Ben never got it. She tested negative today. So I guess she's, she's on the mend. We're glad for that. Uh, Andy Bailey had his foot amputated today. Kaylee Owens, recovering from a dislocated knee. Dawn Davidson's mother, suffering with blood clots. Uh, John Roten's having some health issues right now. Really appreciate you remembering him in your prayers. Scotty Ennis has leukemia. Uh, you might have seen this, the fire, uh, the other day, you know, with all that storm. Um, lightning went in on power lines at the Barnes home out here on Gaston Road. And it burned the house down. It started, I think, over in like an equipment building and made its way to the house. And I, I think they lost everything. So remember the Billy Barnes family. Hey, Ruth right there, my mother-in-law. She and I actually are leaving together on the same flight, although she's not going to Saipan with me. I mean, wouldn't that be a hoot? Ken brought his mother-in-law with him. <laughs> no, she's headed to West Virginia, but I, I think that's kind of neat. Uh, Anita got rid of both of us at the same time and sent us away flying. But uh, anyway, remember Ruth in her, her trip on Friday. Okay. You have anybody else that you would like to add? Kathy Stewart. SD Bowley. She got some pretty, I, I don't, can't say this for sure, Dion, because I don't know for sure, but she's pretty seriously big. She works at the front door, too, because a lot of people know her. Okay. See, I can't help that. Yeah, it's that computer. Spell check. 
Every time I misspell something, it's spell check. Yes? What's the name? It's not related to the cancer that he had, is it? No. No. Okay. Well, that's that's good. Um, Martha. Uh, a friend of mine, her granddaughter, her name is Rowan. Uh, she's from out in California. She is six years old, and she was born a almost immediately after the dialysis. And she was on it until she was much older, and her mother gave her a kidney. Well, about six months ago, the kidney started acting up not working right and it was down to about 20% function. Well today she was unable to move and unable to wake up and they've taken her to the Santa Cruz University Hospital and <coughs> her all of the organs are trying to shut down and her blood count is reasonably low and they're having to give her blood and they said that if they can't get her blood up and try to get these organs waking up some that she's not going to Uh, I hate to hear this kinds of stories. What was her last name? Monroe. Monroe. Okay. Anybody else? Okay. Let's have our prayer and then we'll continue our Bible study together. Our Father in heaven, thank you for a really beautiful day today. Beautiful sunset, just, it amazes us, just the sight of it, but all these things remind us of your glory. And we're just thankful to be called your children. And we're also thankful that we can come to you, the creator of the universe, all powerful. We can come to you in faith, knowing that you hear our prayers, and we come uh, wrapped up in your will. But we're, with regard to a lot of these things that we're petitioning you about, we're not very certain what your will is, except that you've told us that as your children, we have the right to come before you and ask. So we're asking about these circumstances. And we're praying that these folks that we love and know about will experience healing or at least that their days will be better. We pray, Lord, for Irene Baker and her family as she has been sick for a long time, but no indication that she's going to get better. We just pray that her and her family will have good quality days. We pray for Austin Wentz, who has endured so much with his treatments and still more to go, but we're praying that his treatments are effective and promoting healing in his body. We pray for Don Dawson that he will have good days and bless Brenda in support of him. We pray for the Davis family. Wade's been missing for a very long time now and we just pray, Lord, that you will comfort their hearts. We pray for Carolyn Wilcutt that she will recover and be stable on her feet and be back with us soon. 
Pray for Bobby Petty in his battle with cancer. Bless Kelby Smith that he will have good days. Bless Cody McGee who's recovering from foot surgery. Bless Chopper Taylor. He can have peace from the suffering he's been enduring for months. We pray for Larry Kennedy that he will receive an indication of what can be done to help heal his body of this cancer he has. Bless Danny Ramdahl for treatments that he'll get better. Pray for Van Roberts who has cancer, for Paul Rollison who has cancer, for Lex Crossan who's sick, for Norma who's sick. Bless Tony Presley in his battle with cancer and Marty Woodruff. Bless Lynn in recovery with her arm and it's inspiring to see her back to work teaching our children and we pray that you'll help her to heal quickly and well. We pray for Patsy Bain that she'll be back with us soon and have good recovery. Be with Eli Johnson who's undergoing really severe treatments and we pray they're effective if that's possible. Be with Jackie Lambert as she prepares to have surgery next month. We pray that whatever is done for her will be successful. Bless Teresa Taylor as she adjusts her new living circumstances. We pray for the McBrayer family with Micah having cancer. We pray for Eddie in recovery from his surgery. We pray that it was completely effective and that he'll heal well and be back to normal. Pray for Bryson Lambert in his recovery. Bless Cassie Stewart that her elbow will feel better soon and all the other chronic pain issues she deals with. We pray she'll have resolution. Bless Linda Shirley who's ill. Bless Whitney as she awaits the birth of this little baby boy. We pray that everybody be healthy and everything will go exactly as it ought to. Pray for Marley that her examination will reveal what her problem is and it can be treated simply. We pray for Tori and Evan and the rest of their family as they tend to these newborns and we just pray that you'll give them strength and endurance. We're thankful Joanne's doing better. We pray that she'll have a full recovery. We're glad Ben didn't get sick. Bless Andy Bailey who's had a foot amputated today and just comfort him in that loss. We pray for uh, Kaylee Owens recovering from the dislocated knee. We pray for Don, or Don Davidson's mother who's suffered with blood clots. We pray for John Roten that he will have good days. And bless Peggy too as effectively she suffers with him. We just, we pray for both of them. We pray for Scotty Enos who has leukemia. We ask your blessings on the Barnes family that lost so much in the fire. And we just, we pray that there will be an outpouring of support. We pray that you'll bless Ruth in her trip on Friday, that you'll give her safe arrival back home. And thank you for the blessing that she's been to us. And I pray you'll also be with me on my trip. Help me to get there safely and do your work and come back, be back here. Pray for Kathy Stoop, who's very seriously ill. Pray that 
folks can get to the bottom of what's the problem exactly and treat it. Be with Gary Thornton, who's having a procedure tomorrow. We pray it's a success. And be with Briley Monroe, who's been through an awful lot already at such a young age and is now in such critical shape. And we not only pray for Briley, we pray for their family and friends and everybody who knows about this. And bless the hands of the doctors and nurses and technicians that care for her. We pray, Lord, that you will bless us now as we enter into a continued study of your word. Help us to appreciate just how distinctive the church is. And help us to, in our time, maintain that distinctiveness. Help us to be exactly what you meant for your church to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you got the blues already? <laughs> you know, you're kind of on that high for Christmas and then New Year's, woohoo, first of the year, and then you have to go back to work. You haven't been working for a week or so, maybe, and it's like, ugh. So if you're feeling that way, peace. And if I see you go to sleep on me, I'll do my best to point that out <laughs> to help you, to help you. Okay. So uh, we're, we're, let's get back in our little thought process. We were thinking last time about the reason that, reason why we would be such sticklers about what the church is teaching or what the Bible's teaching about the church. I mean, you know, why is it, why is it so important that way? And, you know, why do we, why do we take the position that as the Bible teaches that there is one church and why are we so dogged about that? I mean, you know, you could, you could look up today. There are thousands of different groups that profess to be Christians. It can, is that possible? Well, we've been asserting just from the scriptures that, you know, the, the reason we would be so dogged about it, the reason that we're so insistent on what the Bible teaches is because this, this is the very thing that Jesus promised. And, you know, the expectation of God is that we not stray from his teaching. So when we do that, it's, it's not okay. You know, I hear a lot of people talk about various diversions from the truth as though it's, you know, it's just a choice you make. It's okay. God understands. I, God is very understanding and all-knowing, okay? But with God, it's way more black and white than it is with us, I'm afraid. And, and so as much as, you know, um, people want to promote this idea of God being the God of love, and God is, God is a great God of love. But Romans 11 verse 22 says to behold the goodness and the severity of God. And we would do well to think of both things. You know, we're doing God's will, what we learned when we studied, you know, the, the five books of law. What we learned was, boy, if you're, if you're with God, you do what he says, he, he is going to bless you. There will be no limit to the blessings. But if you choose to go another way, it, it's not okay. And he is not going to bless it. In fact, he will, he will actively work against it. So that's where we're starting tonight. 
it may be your observation. And if it isn't, I'm just going to tell you, it's not really a new thing that many people have wandered away. They've gone away from the truth. Um, and are you ready? Uh, one text, we're talking about man-made doctrines to begin with, is Matthew chapter 15, verses 8 and 9. Yep. Thus people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Okay. Here are people who are involved in worship. Yes, they are involved in worship. Where did they get the idea about how to worship? Okay, yes. That's what he's saying here in this text. They were worshiping God, not just a God. It's not like they are idolatrous people. They are in an attempt to worship what we would recognize as the true God of heaven. He's talking about Jews. However, in their attempt to worship the true God of heaven, they're not worshiping him according to what God had prescribed is actually acceptable worship. What had they substituted? He says, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. This is a man-made worship. Question, is man-made worship okay with God? Does it matter at all? It absolutely does matter. Okay, read this next text. This is, chapter, this is Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. It's, in the, it's kind of toward the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that worketh iniquity. Okay, so here are people who prophesy, who cast out demons, who do many wonderful things. That's it, right? If you can do that stuff, you clearly you are in. He said, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, again, he's not talking about idolatrous people. He's talking about people whose intention is to worship whom? The same, same Lord we're trying to worship. He said, not everybody who is calling on me, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And then he says, you know, many are going to say, well, we did it all, you know, we were right there with you. And he'll say, I never knew you. And here's why. Depart from me, you who practice. To practice is to do what? That's how you do, that's, that's your life. You practice in this lawlessness. Now, what is lawlessness? Well, one definition of lawlessness is that it is sin. Sin is lawlessness. Hmm? Iniquities. Oh, that's a nasty sounding word, isn't it? But it's, it's sin. It is sin to try and promote oneself as being a follower of the Lord, but not doing what the Lord has commanded them to do. In this case, and also in the case of what we saw in Matthew 15, the problem there was they're offering up worship and offering up as though it were by his authority. But he says, well, it's not my, I didn't tell you to do that. 
So if, I, if, if the Lord doesn't tell you to do it, but you do it anyway, are you doing it by his authority? The answer would be no. You're doing it by whose authority? Your own. Teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Now, you want to get to a really nitty gritty one. Romans chapter 10, verses 1 to 3. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. A zeal for God. Isn't that the hallmark of faithfulness to God? Again, not idolatry. We're talking about the God of heaven and they have a zeal for him, which means they are fired up about the Lord. But they have a zeal for him, but it's not according to knowledge. They being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness. In other words, they want to be saved, but they're ignorant of how you actually are saved. So they've done what? They've come up with their own idea of how to be saved and try to present that to God. Again, I ask you, is God okay with it? Does it really matter? It matters. It matters. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, what is God wanting? 50%, 75% pretty good. Just so long. It, what, how much of you does he want? He wants a hundred percent. He wants the whole package. Now you're exactly right. Look at this one. First Corinthians chapter one and verse 10. Here's something that you're going to notice out in the world, that division is rampant. In fact, we have a name for it. We call it denominationalism. You say, well, what is that big word? If I pull out my wallet and I hand out denominations, what am I handing out? Basically fractions of $100 bills, right? A $1, a $5, a $20, a $50, or a hundred. <laughs> I wouldn't have one of those on me, but Denominations means that these are parts or fractions of. There is a whole, but a denominated thing is something that is broken up, is broken into pieces. Is division okay with God? He started out with a perfect plan. He's dealing with men. They couldn't wrap their mind around it or they were ignorant or whatever. Peace on them, right? So we'll just kind of do what we want. We'll find our own way to God. Is that okay? 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, wait, no, stop right there. If he is begging them, that's what beseeching is. If he's begging them by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, what does that mean exactly? Pardon? But there have been some divisions. Okay, but what, what I'm getting at is by whose authority is he begging them? Is he saying, boy, this kind of breaks my heart this is happening. So I just want to tell you folks, you shouldn't be this way. Is that how he's doing it? He says, I'm begging you by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What does it mean to do anything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? By his authority. Paul says, I am speaking on the Lord's authority. This isn't just my observation, although he will go into his observations. But he is saying on the basis of the Lord's authority, I'm begging you. So what's he begging them to do there, Rick? That ye all speak the same thing. 
Okay, stop right there. Speak the same thing. How would we be able to speak the same thing? Do you have a Bible? Do you have, have a Bible? The Bible. And, and we've been through some stuff. Has this really been, has this just been a challenging master's or doctoral program for you as we've gone through this? It's actually been pretty simple, hasn't it? You just look at the scriptures, you put two and two together and you get four. It's simple as can be. Okay, so keep going. And that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Listen, there are plenty of things that we can disagree about. I have actually heard of churches splitting over a renovation of, say, the auditorium where they wanted to do the carpet one color and somebody got in their mind they wanted to do the cushions a different color and somebody got bent out of shape about that and the church split. You know, that's one thing. Pretty petty. And somebody's going to answer for that attitude. But, okay, you know, that's personality. That's something that we can't agree or disagree about. We can disagree about the color of the carpet. We can disagree about whether we want to have... Um, pretty flowers out front or whatever. But when it comes to my salvation, when it comes to how the church operates, when it comes to how I worship God, we ought to be of what? One mind. We ought to be of one spirit about those things. You say, well, Ken, how could we all possibly agree? We could all possibly agree by just simply doing what the Lord has commanded us to do and not to do something else. In fact, I always get nervous when I hear someone say this. But Ken, what if? What do you mean, what if? If it's spelled out there, and there are plenty, again, plenty of things to debate about and to disagree about that are inconsequential. But when it comes to matters of our salvation or worship or things, that, that's spelled out. That is not something that we just kind of hash over and revisit once in a while. These are things that are so apparent and so clear, so obvious. Because he says here in this text that such things are, well, they're sin. Because he is invoking the authority of Jesus. Yes, so if he's invoking the authority of Jesus when he says it, is that it or not it? That is just it. That's all of it. Okay. That's the word. Okay. So I'll come down to this. You know, when Jesus, when Jesus was thinking about leaving us, he prayed. Jesus' prayer. And we're going to John 17, verses 20 and 21. Listen to this passionate prayer of Jesus. This is what Jesus wanted to see coming out of this lifelong ministry now handed off to the disciples who according to 2 Timothy 2 and verse 2 are then going to take that word and they're going to share it with other faithful men who will teach others also. The idea that it's going to go generation after generation after generation all the way to us. What's he praying for? Neither pray I for, the, neither pray I for these alone but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they may all be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, 
that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. The world will know that we are Christians when we do what? When we come together as one. But not just we all get together and decide what we think's best, right? We'll have this big conference and we will, we'll have a unity conference and we'll take all the things we disagree about and we'll just come to an understanding. Is that what he said to do? They said the unity is coming when they are in and one with us. Father, you and me and I and you that they may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Do you, why is it that no one thinks it is the most ridiculous thing in the whole world for there to be 2,000 variations on the gospel when Jesus came to die for one gospel? Why didn't it, they look at, let me tell you, other religions look at Christianity and they're like, what a joke. What a mess. Truly this Jesus isn't the Son of God because He gave one message and look what these people did with it. That's a terrible testimony to the world, don't you think? So I'm thinking, here's the, I'm going to question mark, question mark, question mark. So again, Ken, what's the big deal? So what? So what if we all kind of have our opinions here? You know, let bygones be bygones. You say peace and this and that all the time. So isn't it okay? Isn't it okay? What, what could possibly go wrong if people didn't all hold to the same truth? Well, how about Acts 20, verses 28 to 30? Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. What do grievous wolves do to sheep? They kill them and eat them. They eat them. Who's the sheep? Us. So grievous wolves, he says, are they're coming. He said, oh, wait. But I need to warn you, they're coming from where? Not from out there, from in here. Wait, aren't we supposed to be one? Well, what happened? Somebody departed from the truth. And when they did that, what did they do to some of those sheep? Led them astray, led them away, yes? That's not all. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Whoa, stop right there. Some, meaning some of, some of you, some of you who are now in the faith are going to, you can't depart something you're not in first, right? So some of them are going to depart from the faith. What are they going to do? Giving heed. And I've gone. Just hold on a second. Now, now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Stop right there. Seducing spirits, doctrines of devils. What's he talking about? That sounds like Satan worship. Is that what he's talking about? No. He's talking about people who take the truth and do what? Just kind of twist it a little. Just trying to twist it. Make it. 
man-made. My own righteousness. Okay, keep going. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believeth and know the truth. Okay, he gives some, and it could have been a list of a hundred things, but he gives some idea of some of the things that they would change. Making up laws God never, n never gave. But he says, these, these were once people who held to the truth, but they are giving heed to these things that are going away from the truth. Okay, and also uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Okay, stop right there. They leave the truth. What's an itching ear? Yeah, um, I don't know what imagery you get, but when your ear is itching, you scratch it to make it what? Feel better. It feels better. The idea is what you're preaching, ah, ah. But if you would change that, preach it so it feels good. Oh, you ever, we've got cats. Let me tell you, cats get into you scratching their ears. Oh, boy, they just, oh, they just love it. That's what false doctrine is for. Don't like what God said, that's okay. God was too hard. And maybe, maybe you don't understand it like I understand. What I see here is this, and this is not that offensive. So, okay, finish that out. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Why are they turned to the fables? Because that's what they want to hear. It's what they want to hear. When I read that, I'm reminded, I, I used to drive through the country quite a bit. You can drive through the country here too, but I've not seen this here. But there was this guy who did wrought iron fences and things, and out in front of his yard, he had displays of, I mean, just art. He had a sign out there that said, lots of turning and twisting done here. <laughs> That's what I think of when I read that text the turning and twisting of Scripture. How much do you have to do to Scripture to twist it out of the truth? You can do like Satan and just add one word and not one of those big theological terms. All you have to do is add a word like not or no. Something that just changes it a little bit. When you hear somebody say something like, well now, I know what this sounds like. But, I hope your radar's going off. I hope there's uh, something in your brain going, boop, 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 boop. What do you mean? I know what it sounds like because it sounds like this. Okay. More likely than not, unless, unless our, in our hearing and understanding, we didn't get the, the full import of the words themselves. Sometimes that's helpful. Study the words out. But more often than not, if somebody says something like, I know it sounds like this, but it's clearly this, you better pay close attention to what you're being sold. When something that you read, God commands that you do or is an absolute essential, and someone comes along and tells you that's not necessary, then you ought to be asking some questions. 
For instance, Jesus himself said that he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. When Jesus says that, do I believe it or not? How many times have I heard people say, yeah, he said that, but you know, belief is important, but baptism is not important. Wait, what? Do I not see a coordinating conjunction right there? He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Question, in this equation, which of those parts can I leave out? In order to be saved, I must have this and that. Yes? Is that hard to understand? No, you have to be taught to misunderstand some of these things where the turning and the twisting of Scripture takes place. That's how division happens. That's how these false doctrines, that's how there are 2,000 different representative religious groups in this world today. Quote, unquote, Christian religious groups because somebody just didn't hold to the truth. So I'm asking this question with all of that mess that exists out there. What is the answer to division? Yes. Here's what we don't need to do. We do not need to gather 2,000 churches together and say, let's work out our differences. That's starting at the wrong place. What we need to do is say humbly, what does the Bible say? Let's just do that. And when we do what the Bible says, Luke chapter 8 and verse 11 will take place. What's that say, Luther? The seed is the word of God. So if we'll just take the word and plant that in hearts like they did on the day of Pentecost, then people's hearts will be cut and they will ask, what do we need to do? And then we'll tell them the same thing that Peter told them, to repent and be baptized. As a result of that, the people who are baptized, what will happen to them? Acts chapter 2, verse 47, the Lord will add them to the church. And then what church will we have? We'll just have the one church that we read about right there. You'll be in the one church. It's not... That's not hard. That is, that is simple. So, I want to ask you this. What does the church look like? Let me tell you this here before we start. And, and I know our time's running out, so I'll just plant this seed with you. I know that there is the city of Boonville. That's in Arkansas. Boonville, Arkansas has a Walmart, it has banks, it has gas stations, it has its own post office. Therefore, you and I, we live in Boonville, Arkansas. True? Because Boonville, Arkansas has all the things that you can drive up and down the street and see. So that makes us Boonville, Arkansas. What a relief, right? Is that not right? How do you know this isn't Boonville, Arkansas? You got a Walmart? You do. Boonville, Arkansas. You have any banks? 
More than one. We're in Boonville, Arkansas. Got any gas stations? We got them in Arkansas. There it is. Must be Boonville, Arkansas. How do you know we're not in Arkansas? <laughs> How do you know we're not in Arkansas? Okay, we're going to assume <laughs> for the moment they don't have a Billy Martin uh, running one of their banks. Uh, what else would be different, you think? What distinguishes Boonville, Mississippi from Boonville, Arkansas? We, we need to obey the laws of Boonville, Mississippi. Okay, the laws that we have in Boonville? I don't know. I, I'm not a lawyer. If Greg were here, maybe he could fill us out. But, you know, I'm sure that there are some laws here that are very unique. Uh, they don't have a Brant uh, Sappington running their newspaper, do they? I doubt it. Um, what else? They got an R&T is over there? No. They ever heard of a Doe Burger or a... Well, maybe. Over in Arkansas, they might have. You get where I'm going here? How do I know that the Boonville I'm a part of is Mississippi and not Arkansas. Okay, but there are distinctive things about Boonville, Mississippi that are unique to it as opposed to any other place on earth. How do I know that the church is the church? Maybe it's got a sign out front. Maybe it's got a, you know, it's got a high roof on it. Is that what distinguishes us from everybody else? I mean, we've got doors on the front just like every other church in town. What distinguishes us are not those kinds of things, but whether or not we adhere to the Word of God. Yes, that's what makes us distinctive. All right, let's have a prayer and then you can go gather up those young people. Father, thank you so much for your blessings. Thank you for this time of study. Thank you for the opportunities that we have to know more of your word and help us, Lord, to handle it right and help us just to appreciate the simplicity of your message and to adhere to it, to accept what you say and not try to substitute anything for it. Lord, thank you for uh, this family here in Boonville, uh, the unique nature of of our fellowship. Help us to grow in that and keep us safe as uh, we're going to our homes tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.